Welcome to Girl Power. We are the Bad and Bougie Boss Ladies on a phenomenal journey to help you discover your power, passion, and purpose at the convergence of love, romance, and finance. I'm your host, Kisi Monique, along with my co-host, Kertisha, Cherie, and Christian. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time for a half hour of girl power, empowered to be her. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. I'm your host, Kesey Monique, Affinity for Love wife coach, business coach for the Bad and Bougie Boss Ladies, and serial entrepreneur. I'm Christian Ferguson, human resource professional and founder of Ferguson Financial. I'm Kertisha Holmes, motivational speaker and CEO of Queen Diva Boutique. All right, ladies. This is our last week on The Day I Met My Boaz. We have covered a lot of ground with this book. What I love about my own book is the fact that my journey was authentic for me. A lot of times I found that there's other women who have gone through similar things and some may be so similar that it's, it's almost just alike, but everybody's journey is different. I can honestly say, you know, for me, the hunger and thirst for change was real. And what I've noticed is that when you are hungry for that change, when it's imminent and it's like a dire, you know, put it this way, you've ever been out in the heat and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just like so thirsty. You can drink soda, you can drink Gatorade, you can drink all this stuff, but the only thing that's really going to quench that thirst is water. That's how it was. And I really thank God for for every step of the way. The process, it was rough because it's like you have to go back and undo things that were done and you have to forgive in places where there were a lot of offenses and things that were said. Like before we talked about where my stepmother, well, you know, I called her the step monster, where she said that God would never bless me with a good man because I don't know what a good man looked like. And that was something I had to process in the midst of being in the process. And it took me about a good eight or nine months to really say, dang, she was right. I don't know what a good man looked like. But now why don't I know what a good man looked like? Oh, because no one ever showed me, i.e. meaning my dad and my stepdad. They did not give me elements of a good man. Right. And they were not very good men. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us that, you know, a man who does not take care of his children is worse than an unbeliever. You, an an unbeliever, it calls it an infidel. An unbeliever denies God, denies the power of God. So if you don't take care of your child, you are worse than that person. When I look back at these things, I was like, I really did not have a good example of what a good man is. And so as I began to pray in my in my imminent healing, I was like, Lord, and, the, and when I say those words would echo, it was like it would it would haunt me. Like I would just be laying in bed and I would just hear those words uttered to me. And if you read the book, you'll see in the midst of me dating uh, Mr. Totally Ambivalent, 
That's when she said it. And think about it. This guy was ambivalent. He had a lot of characteristics of my dad. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then he wouldn't show up. Then he would promise me the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then he wouldn't come through. My dad was the exact same way. He was. It was an identical trickle effect from the two. As I began to work on me and deal with the issues within because I I just didn't want to live there in that space anymore. And it's easy to just say, well, he did this and he did that. And yes, he may have done those things, but somewhere in that, I did open the door as with everyone else. Somewhere in that you opened a door. Now I'm not talking about people who have just blatantly been violated. Those are not people I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who become willing participants in their current situation. So I was a willing participant, even though no one directly signs up to be hurt, but If you don't know anything else, you continue on this path of hurt and heartbreak and things like that and disappointment after disappointment and letdown after letdown until you figure out somewhere in there, I've got to change me so that I stop drawing these type of people, whether it's a man, a woman, friendships, even family relationships. It's okay to say no. You know, I don't want this in my life. It's okay. It don't make you any less family. It don't mean you you love that person any less. But what it does mean is that you have now made you a priority. You have chosen to say, I want healthy relationships. I want to go to bed peaceful at night. I don't want to go to bed with the drama on my mind. And sometimes people thrive off of that. And for those who like that, You let those people go on about their business. If you are one of those people who are looking for that type of change, it's okay to let go. I had to learn that it's okay to lose because in my losing, I'm gaining. I'm losing the excess, but I'm gaining the abundance, the abundance abundant life that the Bible talks about where he says in Ephesians 3 and 20 that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And so what I've learned over the years, nothing's ever basic with God. Nothing. Think about it. Have you ever asked God for something and it was way more than what you needed and way better than what you thought it would be? Even though you may have thought, if I turn left here and go up the road there, I'm going to get to what I want. But then he came along and he just was like, you know what? No, this is what I got for you, son or daughter. Have you ever seen that? And it's like, for me, I was just like mind blown every time when you submit and surrender your ways to him, because he says, you know, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So that means God don't even think on a level with us. He's so far away, way up in his godly space above us because he knows all and he sees all his thoughts will not be our thoughts he's not gonna sit and ponder well dang you know why did you do that like that no he already knows but he wants us to see it and recognize it and fix it and move by faith and get that stuff corrected so we can get to the land of milk and honey what is your milk and honey for me it was having healthy relationships 
I was over the riffraff and the drama and stuff that I wasn't really wanting in my life. But somewhere along the lines, I was inviting it. Some of that had to do with generational curses. Some of it had to do with stuff that I literally just witnessed with my mother and other women in my family. I was terrified to get married because I was just like, oh my gosh, I know I'm going to fail at marriage. Why was I going to fail at marriage? I hadn't even been married yet. And then when yeah. I finally got married, guess what? It failed because I had spoken it. I it, right. it, it was doomed for failure because I had no faith. Because if I had really had faith and if I was really walking according to where like I knew I was supposed to, I would have never got a, had a first marriage to someone else other than my current husband. So that being said, it was just like, wow, I learned in this. I had to set boundaries. And so out of me setting boundaries came the 80-20 rule. Now, I didn't actually make up the 80-20 rule, but what I did was I made the 80-20 rule work for me. So it's 80% of what I must have, not going to bend, not going to negotiate, not giving it a second thought. And then there's that 20%. That's my negotiables. And why did you do this, Kesey? What made you do this? What made me do this is understanding that people are just not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There comes that area that we have to say, okay, this is the gray area because people make mistakes or people may be in a transition in their life. They may be, for one thing, fixing their credit. They may be in the process of buying a new home or buying a new car or establishing a business. You see what I'm saying? So there's things that they may go through that may not always look as pretty as somebody else's situation. What was my negotiables? Well, no, we're going to talk about, let me talk about what my 80% was. So there were the the necessities of life. You got to have your own place. I got my own place. If I got a car, you got to have your own car. Cause I ain't, I'm not going to stop drop and roll every time you need to go to the store. We ain't doing that. And, and I didn't want you moving in with me. It had to be something that we were going to buy together or you were going to pull me because you had to have what I have or more. That was, that was my boundary. I was not mm-hmm. bending on that. Okay. Then there was you know, the affections and, you know, the, the emotional connection. And, you know, then there was the physical things and everything that I desired in that 80%, I wrote it down and I got extremely graphical with God. And every time I thought about this list, I would pray over it. Even if I couldn't remember every idle thing in my mind, I would close my eyes for a second and I just imagine my hand laying on that paper and praying over that paper or those pages because it was several pages. Because like I said, I got very graphical. And so then there was those negotiables. What's negotiable? I said, my negotiables are, if you fat, you can lose weight. Now, that didn't mean I wanted somebody that was, you know, 600 pounds. But, you know, I like a little stocky man that got a little meat on his bones. I just, you know, I didn't I didn't want someone that, you know, would smash me. But 
and that might be bad term terminology, but I didn't want no, someone that was going to take my breath away. I'll say that. I thought, okay, well, if, if you're losing your hair, you're going bald, you can always shave it off. And now you can get a man weave. I mean, I'm okay with it because those things look hot. I mean, hey, ladies, we get weaves, we wear wigs. So I don't see nothing wrong with the brothers wearing them either. And I guess that's the hairdresser in me. So I don't have a problem with it. What else? I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't have a problem with it. I've I've seen some of the videos and man when I tell you them brothers be they be tight. It's uh it's one young lady, she does it. Um I've I've seen her on YouTube, um, Mickey the Barber. That girl is bad. She when I say she is bad to the bone, she really created well, I don't know if she created, but I'll say for her clients, she has really created a solution to alopecia. When men have hair loss as well as women and whether they're coming in to get long hair or short haircuts or whatever, medium length hair, she hook them up. And I mean, they look good. You cannot even tell. I mean, it's like out with the toupees and here go the man weeds. Like she has done it. Is she's she's bad. So I'm glad they got rid of the toupees because I used to stare at stare at those as a child and go, Why don't you put that rug on your head? <laughs> Like I think I've only seen maybe one or two in my lifetime. Thank God. Well, I'll say 45. He was wearing one at one point and it, yeah. It was a rug. I'm <laughs> sorry. And it was that shag rug too. Yes. You couldn't get no shine to it. It's stiff uh -huh. as a board. Lord. But y'all look up Mickey the Barber. She is bad to the bone. The girl is tough. I thought, well, if you're losing your hair, you can shave it off. And like I said, now that, you know, the man weaves are like really popular now. I mean, brothers be looking tight. That's all I can say. She hooks them up. So I'm sure their wives or girlfriends be, you know, if they anything like me, I stare at my husband when he gets his hair cut. And I'm just like mesmerized. Like, oh, you look so good, brother. You just look so good, you know. And then I, I was like, well, if you don't have teeth, you could always buy some, you know. Please buy some. And we walk around here like, please, please. <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this. I don't mean I'm targeting a brother who does not have teeth. I'm saying some problems do exist. And if by chance a problem exists and there's an issue with the teeth, you could go get them fixed. That's all I'm saying. We get it. We get it. Right. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening, we're not picking on y'all. Right. Listen, first, let's clarify this. We're not picking on y'all. <laughs> not at all. What we are saying is, and this goes for the ladies also, when... We decide that it's time for us to have a husband or it's time for, for you to have a wife or significant other. It's some things that should be able to be compromised on, like your 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 um, hygiene. Exactly. Like, we can clean this up. Like, this is not a, a breaker here. We can, we can say, hey, let's try this. Right. We can correct some of the, the problems that are going on. Like, right. Some people who were not taught finances. Right. Like, I have met a lot of older people and young who do not realize that you have to balance a checkbook. Right. You just can't walk in there and keep swiping this card. Right. Like, there's no more money in their account. 
you have to balance your checkbook. Right. Right. And they look at you like, what? Okay, let's teach you this. Exactly. Right. Those those okay. are those are not the deal breakers and yes. but a person has to also be willing to learn. So it's not oh those are not the deal breakers. But then you got this person. I ain't changing for nobody, you know. And it's oh, not yeah. even about you changing for anyone. You're changing for yourself to be a better version of you for you. But everyone else will reap the benefit of it. Right. So I'm all for the self improvement. You know, and I just, there were just those things that I just refused to bend on. And when I met my husband, he had just moved out of his parents' house probably about 10 months prior to us meeting or something like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe about 10 months. And then he, somewhere in there, he bought a home. You know, he was, he was his own man. You know, he always has been, but um, he was really never pressured to move out of his folks' home. He always was a good kid, you know, really laid back. But he was that he was that that teenager that didn't have a curfew because his folks knew he wasn't going out to get in in any mischief or, you know, do something that was going to cause, you know, problems for them later in life. Mm -hmm. You know, he was never pressed to move out of his parents' house. But ironically, for me, I did not want a man living at home with his parents. Now, had he explained what his situation was, that may have been a negotiable. But ultimately, there had to be some moves made because I wasn't going to sleep in your mama house like that. That's that's definitely a no no for me. I you know don't don't go land up in nobody's mama house. Those things, right? You know that was just for me. You know whatever. But I just I'm a firm believer. You don't go play a house in somebody else's house. You just you just don't. Exactly. It's definitely a no no. Yes, as 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 uh my little baby say, Mimi, that's a no no. That's a no no. Yeah, that's a no no. Oh my and, goodness. And to say, you know, we, you don't want to play house in nobody else's house because guess what? When you do get your own, you don't want them playing house in yours. That's it. So there were some standards there. You know, the word that Cherie had given me, and I spoke about this before, was do not settle and do not compromise. I took that to heart. I took it literal and I applied it to this day. It's literally been working for me. And that meant if I had to cut out friendships, I've I've cut off friendships that I've had well over 20 years. I mean, it ran its course. I don't hate the person. I actually still love her as my sister. But the relationship I felt was, it was at its crossroads. And uh-huh. I felt like I had outgrown it because uh-huh. of, you know, some things that were said. And, and, and hey, that's her. I accept that that's her. But... For me, I had to move on. There were some new things that I was embarking upon, and it, she was just one of those people that couldn't go with me. So I had to set that that boundary between us, and I moved on. You know, and of course, if she ever called me and said, "Hey, you know, I miss you," or you know, whatever, hey, you know, she might be mad, she might say some some choice words or whatever. I mean, I'd still talk to her, but you know, it's just not the same for me anymore. But saying all that to say, there were some boundaries that had to be set in order for my healing to be effective. So how this looks is there's warning signs that you have to heed. Once you heed those warning signs and you say, you know what, I'm not afraid to walk away, 
okay, I might lose something, but in the end, I'm really gaining. When you see those warning signs, don't be afraid of them. Embrace them. Oh my God, when I tell you it's a lifesaver. On top of that, you don't want to settle and you don't want to compromise. And like I said, that was a word that was given back to me in 2010. I have literally applied it to my life even to this very moment. On top of the fact, you want to set those boundaries. You want to have that 80-20 rule. And that does not just apply to your romantic relationships or friendships. It goes for family. It goes for the workplace. It goes for everything. If you are unsure about some things, sit down and yes, and write down those pros and those cons. It's even to a point, even in my career, I'm looking at pros, cons. What am I looking for? Versus what I'm not going to settle for anymore. This 80-20 rule, when I say it works all the way across the board, you you looking for a new church home, 80-20 rule, what are you going to put up with? Because churches aren't perfect either. You know, no. you want to go to a particular restaurant. What are the pros and cons? Okay, they got terrible parking. I don't want to go there. That's too much for me to do to go eat at that place. So <laughs> I'm not going there. You know, it, it, listen. The 80-20 rule, it works. It's your protection. And like the authors of Boundaries put it, it's a property line. It's a Uh whole property line. You can't go build a tree on your neighbor's property. And neither can they come and build one on yours. Not without permission. Right. that would be a total violation. That's true. That is true. From there, I thought about the process. And, you know, the Holy Spirit told me one day, he, he said, you know, the process is never pretty. But it is imperative that you go through it to get to the crown of beauty that will be exchanged for your ashes. Our ashes Mm. is all the stuff that we have dealt with, the tears, emotional baggage you know that song by erica badu bag lady oh that's my jam yes buddy she (laughs) she put the right beat to that (laughs) but the words if you ever just stop and listen to the words that Mm -hmm. song is so true you gonna miss your bus you can't hurry up because you got too much stuff like that's you carry you stuff. carrying emotional baggage. You carrying uh-huh. previous relationship baggage. You carrying my mama said I was ugly baggage. You carrying my daddy was their baggage. You carrying why all the boyfriends ditch me baggage. You know whatever the the baggage looks like. This is okay. what you carrying. You got to put yeah. them bags all somewhere. And so what I did when I realized I was carrying a lot of this baggage, I didn't just give it to the garbage man. What I did, and I'm talking about spiritually, what I did was in my prayer time, I said, return to sender. This is not mine. This belongs to that one. This belongs to that one. This belongs to that one. You will no longer drop off your emotional garbage at my door. Amen. No more. Um, Keith, I got one better for you. Because, you know, I, I, I have boundaries with everything. Yes. And I, I even taught my children about boundaries because my daughter is a boundary fanatic, especially in her little relationship she's in. She's like, we're not doing that. No, no. But, um, <laughs> my girl. When That's- people call me and they start doing their, girl, I just need, feel like I need somebody to talk to. I got to tell you, I instantly go into walls go up, boom. Lord, this is not my issue. They need to vent. I understand. But do not. 
allow this to sit at my footstool mm-hmm. because I'm not carrying this weight. Mm-hmm. I got my own stuff to handle. Mm-hmm. And I that's why that guard up. That's why. Like, no, because I used to carry everybody else hurt and pain, and they called me one of those people that you, uh, um, man, a, a pastor. You, I, I can feel your pain. Like, you could be in another state, and I'd be like, oh, so-and-so must be going through something. It just hit me, and I'm like, oh, and then I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I sad? That ain't even, that's not me. And I'm walking around trying to figure out what is wrong, and then mm-hmm. I realize that's not my problem. So I had to start praying when the person on the phone said, I need to talk to you about something. I instantly have to put my guard up, like, boom, Lord, I'm listening to her. Whatever you need me to tell her, I will. Mm-hmm. But please let her take her, her or he stuff back with them. Because mm-hmm. that is draining. Whoever belongs to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's draining. It'll have you like, I got to go to bed. My whole day gone. Yep. Yes, I had a friend like that. She would call me all the time. And she would just drain me. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop talking to her. And then that became a problem. Well, I don't understand. I'm trying to, uh, no, your problems, I can't make your problems my problems, boo. Right. I Absolutely. can't carry your, your problem for you. Absolutely. I just cannot. And that's wise. That is wisdom to make that person responsible for their own stuff. Yeah. I can listen to you. I can even give you advice. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to apply it. You got to fix you. Yes, I can't fix you. Exactly. Fix whatever that is, I can't do nothing for you, for it, or anything else. Exactly. And 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 people will, they will use you to be their, their dumpsters. You, you have to know it's a limit. Now, if you right. really need help, there's people that get paid for this. Exactly. <laughs> there's professionals that get paid for this. So you can definitely tell them, you know, girl, or, you know, hey, bro, you know, I, I, I empathize with you and I'm really sorry you're going through this. But now listen. How about this? How about you seek assistance from, you know, and maybe if you know Perfection. some people. Exactly. This is not in my realm. I exactly. And and if you're dealing with your own stuff, even if you're in a very good place, you just don't need the drama, quote unquote. You right. Don't, you don't need that in your life. And I'm not saying don't be there for your friend or, you know, friends. Or whoever, you know, family member or even your intimate partner. But what I am saying is there's a limit. Even with the intimate partner. There were times in even in my marriage. I had to say, you know what? I got to fix this within me. My husband can't fix it. I got to yeah. fix it. And when it got to that point, I recognized it. And I did something about it for me. Because I love me and I love him. I didn't want to run my man off. I didn't want him to, you know, feel that, you know, our our situation is so out of control because I have this emotional thing going on that I refuse mm-hmm. to deal with. I didn't want that for us. So I went and took care of it. The other part of that is, yeah, you know, once you get healed, yes, you are healed. But sometimes it's a fight to stay healed. Oh, yes. It's a fight because those things don't go away once they're put out in the atmosphere. They don't go away. This is one reason why we don't 
ever forgive and forget because mm-hmm. how do you forget a violation whether it was physical mental emotional or neglectful how do you forget being violated you don't what you do is you use it as an empowerment tool and you build from there to set your boundaries to set that 80 20 rule i don't want these type of people in my life anymore okay these are the things that i've allowed versus the things that have really violated me you see what i'm saying and those things even with those things that have violated you you still have a right to say i don't want this in my life I'm not accepting this. If this person comes in my life and they look like this or they act like this, or if they even smell like this, because some people, they remember scents. Some people remember words. Some people remember a combination. Whatever it is, you got the right to say, no, I don't want this in my life, period. Correct. And that person, okay. hey, they have to go. They just have to go. And you have to remember that, even though you have set the boundaries, the people who don't like boundaries will try to invade your space. Yes. They mm-hmm. will feel like they have the right, mm-hmm. no matter what you feel mm-hmm. or how it affects you, they will say, I don't care. And those are the ones you have to say, I enjoyed our time together. <laughs> but we, you will no longer be on this train with me. That's it. Sing the Carol Burnett song. I'm so glad we've had this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I love Carol Burnett. Yes. And for y'all young people who don't know Carol Burnett, go YouTube her. That is one of the cleanest, craziest comedies ever. Oh my yes. gosh, I love me some Carol Burnett. I my love God, Carol Burnett also, but. But, um, and you will feel like you're alone in this world when you start setting boundaries, but then you will find out who was really there for you. Because you might have thought y'all were friends. You better preach right now. Because you're not listening to her on the phone complain all the time anymore. She has no reason to call you. Mm -hmm. Or because you're not getting in the car going with her to help her look for her man. Because you like, why you keep doing this? Why are we still going mm-hmm. down here to Tanya house? Tanya, we don't know you, so don't feel like this is a full disclosure. We do not know a Tanya. So don't don't think we're talking about you, Tanya. But <laughs> it, going down here to Tanya house, because your man down there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going with you to Tanya house, sis, because Tanya might got something in there that I ain't got. Exactly. And you, you don't know. But no, but because I'm supposed to be your friend, I, you feel like you're supposed to do this. No, I'm going to be on the other end of that phone like, girl, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I'm going to track you, and if I don't see you moving, I'm going to send the police down there that's, for that's you. I'm not coming. That's all I can do for you. But I want with you. But people in real life feel like, oh, you think you're too good and listen to my problems, and you over there like, that's not it. I just don't. I don't need a, I'm positive vibes over here. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to live that negative because I made a post. I'm tired of pouring out of an empty cup. Mm. Nobody's refilling my cup with anything mm-hmm. positive, but you want me to help you with your problem. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to you complain, complain, complain. Then when I'm like, well, girl, let me tell you what happened to me. The next word you say is, let me call you let back. Let me call you back. Yep. Let me call you back. Let me call you back. Right. Mm-hmm. And you on the phone like, 
Can I handle it? I believe I can, but this is going to show me that I can. And I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get you through it. <laughs> yes, she is. Cause I would have told a girl trip, but I would be like, all right, girl, you have to go home. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting put off the girls' trip. Oh shit! I'm getting put, put off the, the girls', girls trip. trip. <laughs> Sorry. Now we gonna keep going. Exactly. Like, I don't know about then, you, but you have to go home because you are messing up my vibe. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm going to see everybody in their nice outfits and they they little drinky drinks and stuff. And everybody going to be looking cute. And I'm going to be looking at Facebook like, dang, I could have been there. But see, I want to be home with my husband. But see, I should have been there. But dang, I was missing my husband. But see, what had happened was... See, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to get through happened. this. <laughs> I'm going to get what through this. What happened was you got sent home. I got girl. sent home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we going to be enjoying ourselves. Yes. And I'd be like, girl, you missed it. Right, right. You, you home. You, you had to go and punish me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, ladies. As always, and gentlemen, for those who are are listening to support the women in their lives and even for themselves, we definitely welcome our gentlemen because, listen, without them, there's no us, and without us, there's no them. And ladies, what we always want you to do is bask in your power, define your purpose, and pursue your passion. And as always, keep it pretty in pink.